Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. It was kind of an unusual weekend. I didn't, I expected a lot more explosive news, but there was kind of like the the rumblings under the ground, Mm. the groundswell of something big about the blow, like those super volcanoes that are erupting or getting about to erupt, you know, but... um, You know what else happened, Bill, over the weekend? No one's talking about this, but I think it's kind of a big thing. First of all, I should point out that they still haven't found the 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate, but now they're saying... This is true. This is true. Now they're saying, oh, there's nothing to see there. Uh, one of the, a couple of the, uh, I guess they're saying that the ammonium nitrate was poured into tanker cars and that the bottom valves were opened up by accident and the ammonium nitrate just leaked out of the cars. But what I would think that they would get in, in their cars and drive down the railroad tracks to see if that's the case. But I hear nothing about that. They're saying they lost 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate through a leak in the tanker car, you know, which is bull crap. Yes, it is horse pucky. And they would have said that from the get go. They would have discovered that right away said, who the hell did this? Yes, you know that's and exactly that guy would have right. Would been fired, or you know, but no. And okay, ammonium nitrate on the track. Now, what's that going to do along the track? Uh, I would Probably have met, nothing, but maybe nothing. But then again, who knows? I would think there'd be a nice trail of this stuff for several miles at at the very least that yeah. somebody would be able to pick up on it. But um, they'll they'll salt the road somewhere with it. You know what else happened over the weekend that uh, no no one's talking about it? I mean, this was on Fox yesterday. Listen. A portion of I-95, it's the major freeway across, oh, yeah. across the East Coast, is blocked after a massive tanker truck fire outside Philadelphia. Video shows huge flames coming from the crash. A portion of the roadway even appeared to collapse, if you see at the top of your screen there, due to the blaze underneath the overpass. It's unclear how the fire started. No word yet on injuries. No, no, we'll no, 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 Pete, Pete, it's very clear. The fire started when the tanker truck blew up. <laughs> I mean, that to me is, I mean, maybe what he's yeah. saying, he doesn't know what, how the tanker truck blew up. There was a tanker truck underneath an overpass on I-95 that caught fire. And by the way, the driver didn't think to drive the burning truck away from the highway. He just I, apparently got out of the truck and let it burn. And it literally, when Pete said, I think, you know, we think a portion of mm-hmm. the highway collapsed. No, definitively, a whole section of I-95 has collapsed. What does that do? That cripples uh, our infrastructure on the East Coast in, in so many ways. That is the major thoroughfare up and down the East Coast. You go from New York. To Florida. I've driven 95 many times. He goes up into Boston where I go. It doesn't, um, the, you know, that's pretty bad. And yeah. it's, it's gone, and it's going to take months to rebuild. Absolutely now, his, correct. That's it. Now, his his thinking probably was, I'm just going to say, because this will be the narrative, mm-hmm. is that, well, he knew it was on fire, it was going to blow up. He thought it would be shielded under the bridge, okay? <laughs> All right, because there are buildings on either side. You know, he was in, uh, I guess it was a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation 
Why did that tanker catch fire to begin with? 160,000 vehicles, I believe, goes over that uh, bridge every day. I believe that, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I guess they'll figure out some way to bypass the area. But it's going to slow everything down. I mean, it's going to tie up local traffic because oh. to do that, and I think that when you do that, portions of 95, you want to get around it, you go through toll roads that are yeah. expensive. I mean, I went through a, uh, not even a half a mile toll road in Philly when I got detoured many times. And I'm going, how much? Uh, how much is my eight bucks? You got to be kidding me. I didn't you know? see any backups, but I can imagine how long those backups were over the weekend, the 995. No, imagine what they are today. Oh my gosh, that's right. Monday morning, of course. Holy smokes. Yeah, what's going and what is going on, too, down in Florida where you might need to come from up north to go down there? Uh, there's going to be an indictment on Tuesday uh, down in uh, the court, the federal courthouse. You know, that's another thing I should point out. This is this has been so interesting, actually, this weekend. Um, this is a report that the dashing debonair Wolf Blitzer, he's still around. Oh, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, still yeah. around. He, he ran this report uh, yesterday. Listen. It's now learning FBI special agents across the country are actively looking for possible domestic terror threats related to Trump's upcoming court appearance in Florida. Sources say some pro-Trump groups are already making plans to travel to Miami and support the former president as he faces these federal charges in the classified documents case. Ah, yes, some pro-Trump groups. My what? God, you know about those pro-Trump uh, groups? Yeah, Bill? well, what's a, we're a pro-Trump group because we talk about Trump on a podcast, or Trump on a podcast, that makes us a, sure. a group, I guess, a group of two, you know? <laughs> yes. But so if uh, we decided to go down there and oh, collect audio and record it and just do reports, uh, we're in in the liberal mind. Yes. We are a terrorist group. I have some speculation I'd like to uh, toss out here. In my humble opinion, uh, they're trying to do two things. They're trying to depress the number of people who would normally go down and support President Trump from going down there, right? Because mm -hmm. the FBI is looking for pro-Trump groups, you know, going down to support President Trump. Uh, and <clears throat> the other thing is this. I wouldn't put it past these guys to have, and this is speculation, but I think this is the screenwriter mine. in me, right? I, I wouldn't put it past these guys to uh, have this whole thing be a setup. I mean, to send down the Antifas wearing MAGA hats and to literally start riots and cause trouble, throw bombs, mess things up. I mean, all that stuff may happen, but it won't be MAGA people doing it because MAGA people don't do it. The people with the history for doing this nonsense is the left, is the Antifas of the world. So I would submit that uh, this is a setup. There's probably going to be some trouble down there on Tuesday. And, um, oh, by the way, Trump is going to speak from uh, Bedminster, I believe, five hours after the um, after the indictment. Yeah, so he'll have a, a comment uh, on Tuesday night about what's going on, no matter what it is. Well, let's just take your uh, conspiracy theory Thank about you. Yes. violence possibly breaking out or being shown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have to be reinforced for their other big agenda, uh, and it would have to be done today, and that would be 
you know, the problems with guns, 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 guns. Oh, yes. And they could take this indictment, this hearing, and all these pro-Trump uh, groups, mm-hmm. and we have a national threat and security Uh-oh. where we have to do a national instant ban on guns. Oh, I always, I always thought you want to go to martial law. Well, they could, but they want to take, and with martial law, they could lock us down. We can't see anything. We only hear what they give us, and they come knocking door to door and take our guns. Uh, these people are so clever on the left. Oh, and Soros Soros is going to be a background figure now. You know. That. Oh, I know. He's decided to step away from the spotlight and hand it over to his, his Alex? son. Yes. Who, by yeah, the way, Alex spent 17, he's had 17 visits this year to the White House. Well, Alex is even more radical than his dad. So Soros is sitting there going, <laughs> You think I'm another... bad. You think boy, I'm bad. You, you see my boy here. Yeah, well, Alex. Homegrown. Going to... Yes, of course. You got another 60 years of Soros up your butt with a <laughs> You're going to like this. And he, I guess they're saying that uh, Soros is worth $25 billion. You know, I, I mean, think that's a false, uh, you know, I think like a lot of rich people, it's $25 billion you know of, you don't know about the rest of it. Probably right. Probably. If you have that kind of money, you can hide your real wealth. Yes, you're right. Um, you know, over the weekend, President Trump spoke twice. He spoke in Georgia and then again later on, a couple hours later, down in up in North Carolina. And it was interesting. He, if you've seen President Trump's rallies, most of us have, uh, they're usually kind of exciting, fun, uh, you know, venues. People are having a good time. And he's usually very animated and he's usually very personable. And that is how he does the rallies. These were, I guess, they were labeled rallies, but they were more like speeches. And when he came out, you know, normally he is animated. This was a far more serious President Trump. But what he had to say was probably the most important stuff he's ever said in his entire uh, presidency. Here's Here's a little portion of what he said in North Carolina. Listen. We are a failing nation. We are a nation in decline, and now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. It's totally corrupt, and we can't let it happen. This is the final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers from our government. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists. We will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will roll out the fake news media. We will expose the rhinos for what they are. We will defeat Joe Biden and we will liberate America from these villains once and for all. We will liberate. We're going to liberate our country. Kind of a final battle. Yeah. Yeah. The final final countdown. There's a lot of people out there who say there's a lot more going on than what we're seeing here on the surface, uh, we mere mortals. Uh, there's a backstory that is quite impressive. And this is what's happening with President Trump wasn't unexpected by him, that they have right. actually been preparing for this. 
Well, you know, the indictment, you know, a lot of people go, well, there's 37 indictments, and they only have to make one stick. But what you don't understand, there's really 136 charges and maybe more coming because they want to stack it up because one of them will stick because each of the indictments uh, carries an obstruction charge. And you got to realize there was somebody that Jen Pazaki was uh, interviewing from the government talking about the uh, the documents, all right? And there's a lot of problems with what he had to say. He goes, well, Trump got these as any president would get these documents because uh, he's entitled to them. And as you pointed out, the Presidential uh, uh, Records, Records Act, Act, where yeah. he, he can sit there and declassify on the spot just yeah. like that. All right. So let's just say that he's got documents that they say were classified. Her question was, and I don't think she realized what she said, is that, well, are you going to present these documents? Well, we can't because they're in such a nature showing what the government, uh, our plans and stuff. And I thought, wait a minute, what is so secret in there? I mean, if you want to know what anything about our weaponry or anything about military plans, look to the news. It's there. It's printed all the time. But is there evidence in those documents that um, points a finger at the government? for its dirty doings and dirty deeds over the years. And that's perhaps what he had. And then the thing that I also take issue with, you know, they, they showed a picture on, on the news, uh, the ballroom stage at Mar-a-Lago, all full of boxes. Yeah. yeah there were people on there dancing. Or, da, 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 da. What are all those boxes up there? Da, 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 da. Yeah. What idiot would do that? No, don't go and do your standard Trump joke. You're an idiot if you believe that. Oh, well, they were put in the bathroom, too. They were just sitting there on the floor. Again, is that what you would do in your house? Do you have stuff? Of, uh, your, well, let me ask you, you a keep... question. Trump says everything was locked away in, in a secured safe area. That's why they told him to put a new lock on it. Remember that? That whole thing? The yeah. FBI said put, put a new lock. Do you think that whole th I think the thing was staged. Oh, yeah. Well, they turn off the cameras. No cameras allowed. They took a box. To look around. They took a box. Did you see that? And and it was opened up, and the contents were strewn out over the floor like, you know, they just tossed like it on the floor. Like a baby playing their crap. Yeah. I don't believe any of that is true. But then again, you have to remember, when the FBI went to do the raid at Mar-a-Lago, right, they told the people, the staff at Mar-a-Lago, no pictures. Turn off the security cameras, no pictures. Let me ask you a question. If you're doing stuff that's above board, why would you not want there to be pictures? They, they wanted those cameras off for a reason. If they wanted to dis display items in a certain way and take pictures of them, it would be a lot easier if the cameras are off. They thought they by brought They brought stuff there. But, you know. That's true. The, that's true. And, and when does the Presidential Records Act end? I'm not sure. I do not know. I, I, that's a good question. Do you have an is answer? Is there a time frame on it? No, I don't think so. It's an act. It's, it's in, it's so in place now. So they documents there because he was the former president and they happened during his time. Oh, okay. You brought him here? Declassified. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things in the air and the government is not playing with a fair hand. I got another question for you. Do you think that President Donald J. Trump, on the last day of his presidency, literally went out and, you know, took boxes by himself and carried them out to the truck and put them in the truck. Do you think that he checked all the contents of all the boxes and then he personally delivered it to the truck? 
Absolutely not. Let me ask uh, the Democrats, any Democrats listening, if you believe that he did it personally. I've seen your post and I've seen your memes where you've either you're telling me that those pictures were falsely exaggerated by you, where you you uh, showed a very overweight, obese and can't do anything Trump with an orange face. Uh, You either have to admit that that was all fake or you got to admit that. He couldn't do it. I can't do it, and I'm in shape. Yeah, do you know in what? other words, you were lying through your teeth. So what lie do you want to admit to? you got to admit to a lie. Which one will it be? Because no matter what one you go to, it raises the question of what the hell's going on. So here. who's Trump going after? Trump, in my opinion, isn't going after Biden. He's going uh. after the deep state. And the deep state has been around before Biden and it'll be around, at least they think they'll be around, after Biden is gone. As a matter of fact, uh, to that point, Alex Soros was in, uh, I guess, D.C. recently, and he was visiting Carmela Harris. They spent mm-hmm. some time to get Alex Soros. So, I mean, they're, they're making plans down the road already. But, well, uh, let me ask you a question. Where was Alex born? I, I don't know. I think he was born in the U.S. Because, because George Soros is, quote, a Hungarian U.S. citizen. So Alex could technically, here's a scary thought. Oh, no, don't run, say it. Don't say run it. Run for a uh, government office or president. They yeah. could put him up and make him, they could actually use him as a puppet to bring down uh, mm. the conservative movement and push him in, and that would be the fait accompli. Man, that's scary. Um, do you know that they're talking about um, if they – our concurrent uh, penalties for these indictments, he faces 400 years in prison. But in reality, he'll probably get, if if he loses, he'd get like 25 years, which for Donald Trump would be the end a of death. Life. It's a death penalty, right? So this is, by the way, he, Trump has said, if I go to jail, I'm running for the so, presidency. Yes. He's still running. But I think they want to get him on, on uh, espionage charges because... I think if you are a traitor, if you're charged with espionage, well, they you can't be president. There are two things I believe. One of them is espionage, uh, that you cannot be president. That's why they threw espionage. I mean, who the heck would Trump have been doing spy work for? Think about it for a second. Well, it's going to go back to Russia. It'll never. They love that Russia connection. Unbelievable. Even though it's been proven that they made it up and it was all a, a a scripted story. Yeah, and, and that's true, folks. If you uh, don't believe it, look it up. Unbelievable. As, as you like to say, look it up. Well, look yeah. it up. i got to play for you. This is a, a, a long cut, but it's fun to listen to. This is uh, Mark Levin. I believe this is either a Thursday or Friday night. I think it was Friday night. Friday, uh, probably. And, boy, he was on a roll. Mark Levin is a, a staunch conservative. He's an unabashed uh, Trump supporter, but he's not a fool. Uh, Mark Levin is not in if, if Trump were doing something wrong, uh, we would know about it from Mark Levin. But uh, he has a he just lays a, a terrific case out. Listen, President Trump is 76 years old. If the Department of Justice gets his way, he will die in federal prison just by one of these counts. Conspiracy to obstruct justice, which has a 20 year maximum sentence. This is a disgusting disgusting 
mark on American history for the future to come by these bandits in the White House, by the Democrat Party that don't play fair anymore. They don't want to just win elections. They want to take control of this country. They want one-party rule. And they have used the Department of Justice and the FBI to get what they want. Merrick Garland is a mob lawyer. That's what he is. Jack Reed is a rogue Soviet-style prosecutor. The Presidential Records Act is not a criminal statute, and it was never intended to be. The Espionage Act of 1917 was passed under Woodrow Wilson, another corrupt president. Woodrow Wilson used it to go after his adversaries, and they imprisoned 2,000 people. So I suppose over there at the Department of Injustice, and this clown prosecutor spent a lot of time at The Hague, they probably figured these laws could be used to try and entrap Trump. All these obstruction issues that they claim, where the former attorney general, Bill Barr, comes up here and bloviates about it, and all the formers coming on talking about obstruction. They have them on obstruction. There'd be no obstruction issue of any kind, not even in anybody's imagination, had they not criminalized this case. This is a document case, a document case where a president of the United States or a former president faces 100 years in federal prison? Is this some kind of a sick joke on the American people? Joe Biden says he never told them what to do. Joe Biden had to sign off on that's becoming a National Archives case to have it go to the Department of Justice. Who does he think he's lying to? The American people? This is a guy that's got documents from the time he was in the U.S. Senate, for God's sakes, in his garage. I don't want to hear from the legal analysts the technicalities about false statements and obstruction. This should never have been a criminal case. Willful retention of documents. Well, what's the unwillful retention of documents mean? They're throwing all these process crimes and all these crimes that grow out of the criminal investigation against Trump. What did he do with the documents? Did he sell them to the enemy? No. That's why we have an espionage act, not the trick of a president. What did he do? Did he burn them all? No. The government has all the documents back. So there is no violation of the Presidential Records Act at this point. But they throw the book at him. They go after his attorneys. They make them testify. They're attorneys under the crime fraud exemption to attorney-client privilege. That means he didn't have due process. His own lawyers were being subjected to interrogations. And they had hundreds of in-person people testifying in front of grand juries. Thousands of collections of documents. For what? For what? And they indict him today? They indict him today in Miami? All of a sudden it's in Miami? All of a sudden we have a Florida grand jury? Because the moron in Washington figured out that there are venue issues that could lose him his case. This guy, this prosecutor, he lost eight to zero in the U.S. Supreme Court when they overturned the conviction of the former governor of Virginia because this jerk took a statute and expanded it. A jury in North Carolina wouldn't convict John Edwards because this jerk took a campaign statute and expanded it. And he's taken this case and he's undermining the country and he's interfering with a presidential election. And let me be clear, as Jared said, the Attorney General of the United States made this final decision. 
This is not the independent counsel statute. This is a special counsel appointed by the attorney general under a Department of Justice regulation. This attorney general who pretends he's Helen Keller, he made the decision to indict the former president and they made the decision to interfere in this election. You want to talk about an insurrection? This is an insurrection. And that's exactly what's going on here. Let me go on. Joe Biden is the crookedest crook that's ever been in the Oval Office. Everywhere we look, there's a predicate for a special counsel. They won't appoint a special counsel, even though it's compelled under the law in which they appointed this special counsel. And you're not supposed to appoint a special counsel against your political opponent. You're supposed to appoint one in the case of Biden. 20 shell corporations, $10 million coming from the communist Chinese military, spread out among the family, no businesses to support this. Endless meetings, endless meetings with, with Biden's, uh, with Hunter Biden's business partners. Bob Alinsky, who ties Joe Biden to the crimes. Mr. Big, Mr. 10%. And what does Biden say? Well, then where's the money? He's asking us, Come and catch me if you can. The idea that this man isn't under a criminal investigation and that they criminalized the damn document case to go after Donald Trump is sickening. And I would say this to our fellow Americans. Don't be bamboozled by these cable channels and these fools who come on and tell you, well, he's not above the law. Are you kidding me? Democrat Attorney General in New York. Democrat prosecutor in Manhattan, Democrat prosecutor in Atlanta, Democrat attorney general in Washington, D.C. What do you mean he's not above the law? There is no law. What's going on here is a disgusting disgrace. It is war on Trump. It is war on the Republican Party. And it is a war on the republic. The radical left is doing what the radical left does while they cover up for Biden the way they covered up for Hillary. If Donald Trump is to be charged like this, Hillary Clinton should have been charged with 10,000 counts of obstruction because that's how many emails she destroyed and five counts of destroying cell phones because that's how many cell phones they destroyed. I'm done and I'm sick of it. That's the great one. Mark Levin, boy, you know, you you got to hope that he has a, a good medical plan because, boy, his blood pressure must be up there. Uh, I don't know. Right now I could use a volume and a glass of wine. Yeah. Maybe the whole bottle. You know, you, you know the guy. The guy is not. But he's right. He was one hundred percent. And right. he's not speaking from inexperience. Mark Levin is an attorney, and he was a real good attorney. Pardon? And he worked in D.C. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He worked for Reagan, I believe. He yes. worked under Ed Meese as attorney general. Um, and what he said is absolutely true. This is this this is lawlessness at its at its best or worst. Whichever way you look at it. Oh, this is this is lawlessness in overdrive on steroids. Absolutely. And the thing is, it's not it's not going to get any better because they've already they've drawn their mark in the sand. This is it. As a matter of fact, they've placed these indictments out so that just as uh, the dust settles from the indictment, this indictment one. here, another one will happen. Yeah, it's staged, and they're even if they didn't convict him, right. They're going to walk this thing all the way up through the election, and I guarantee, let's say that he wins, whether in prison or not in prison, 
they're going to keep walking the damn things to, you know, to underscore uh, undercut his administration when it gets in. They do not. They want to have if they can't win, they want to have a reason to win. And that is to sit there and undercut cut his agenda. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, Christina Bob uh, used to be an OAN reporter. She's an attorney. And she's one of Donald Trump's attorneys right now, not necessarily on the indictment, but on other stuff. I mean, he has a whole cadre of, of attorneys, but she's a very smart young woman. Uh, she's articulate, uh, and she just knows the law. She read the indictment. She read the entire 49-page indictment, and she had some promising things to say. Listen. Yeah, I went through it. Um I thought it was interesting. I was actually very encouraged going through it because I, I don't think that they have a case. I don't think it's going to be successful. Uh, they've completely disregarded the law uh, and the fact that Donald Trump is subject to the Presidential Records Act, which gives him the sole decision-making authority about which documents he keeps and which documents he has to turn back over. And Judicial Watch actually brought a case against the Bill Clinton administration in 2012, the, you know, the former Clinton administration saying, hey, you wrongfully withheld classified documents that should have been turned over to NARA, the National Archives and Records Administration. And that case was decided by an Obama appointee judge, Judge Amy Jackson, uh, in Washington, D.C. And actually, I'd like, can I read a section from yes. it? Because it's just Absolutely. so fascinating. Well, before I, before I get into this, the indictment against Donald Trump is based on the fact that supposedly he wrongfully withheld classified documents, right? That That is uh, a requirement for everything that they're bringing against Donald Trump. And yet that's, even though it was brought in a civil case, that's essentially the same argument that Judicial Watch, Judicial Watch brought back in 2012. Now, Judge Amy Berman Jackson, the Obama appointee, I'm gonna read a little bit from her opinion, and she states in part, Section 2203 Alpha of the PRA, the Presidential Records Act, directs the president, not the archivist, I'm quoting directly, the president, not the archivist, to take all such steps as may be necessary to assure that the activities, deliberations, decisions, and policies that reflect the performance of his constitutional, statutory, or other official or ceremonial duties are adequately documented and that such records are maintained as presidential records pursuant to the requirement of this section, 44 U.S.C. 2203 Alpha. The only reference, again coming from Judge Jackson, the only reference in the entire statute to the designation of personal versus presidential also calls for the decision to be made by the executive, the president. So basically, the court has already said what records he keeps the only person who has authority to make that decision is the president himself. And it specifically says it's not the archivist, which in this case with Donald Trump, it was the archivist that made the reference to DOJ saying, hey, he's wrongfully withheld documents. It's not the archivist's authority to actually do that. It's President Trump's authority. So I don't know how they plan on getting past the fact that they don't have authority to tell President Trump what records he keeps and what records he doesn't keep. In the indictment, sorry, can I keep going? I know I'm go, kind of- Go, go, go. Okay. Um, and they say this throughout the indictment, but I'll just give one example. Paragraph four states that at 12 p.m. on January 20th, 2021, Trump ceased to be president, says a bunch of other things. And then it says, Trump was not authorized to possess or retain those classified documents. That is legally and factually inaccurate. Who has the authority to determine what he's allowed to retain? The president, 
It's Donald Trump. It's not the Department of Justice. It's not NARA. It's not the archivist. It's the president. So who has the authority to determine whether he's allowed to keep those documents? Donald Trump. So I think the entire indictment is based on a very faulty legal reasoning that seems to blatantly ignore the Presidential Records Act and the only precedent that has already been set for this exact set of facts. So I, I don't know how they're going to get around that, but it's certainly going to be fun to, to watch and see what they try to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, Amy Berman Jackson, for those who don't know, she is not, um, well, this was a Clinton case, so uh, that makes yeah. it different. But it's, it'd be hard for her to explain it if she changed her mind today, because it was very clear with what she wrote back in 2012, uh, yeah. 11 years ago. Um, and she specifically, that's right, she specifically says in the opinion, it's not the archivist. The archivist does not have authority to make this call. And DOJ's entire case is based on the fact that the archivist said, hey, he's not allowed to retain those documents. I love it. She explains it so well and so simply. The president doesn't have to go to anybody to get permission. The archivist, nothing, no, 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 no. He's the president. He's the top of the food chain. He's the guy who is the ultimate say in this situation. And Donald Trump was the president. You know, yeah. simple as now that. Now, let me ask you a question. Uh, I heard her say uh, they're doing this in civil. They're doing a civil case. Is that true? Uh, it a it's a federal case. It's a yeah, fe it's a federal yeah. case because then you got to go by federal law. Because if they do a civil case, right. Uh, right. they got all kinds of leeway because they can take law and twist it and pretend it's new law and... Uh, I wouldn't put it past them. They would find a way to dance around. They are going to warp the law. They are going to do everything they can. They have um, the judge, I guess, that he's going to go in front of is a, uh, an appointee, a Trump appointee. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's a lady. Oh, and they've already started to uh, lay into her. The left is already terribly upset that uh, I guess her name is Aileen Cannon. U.S. Yeah. District Judge for the Southern District of Florida, Aileen Cannon, will be assigned to oversee President Trump's federal case in Miami. Uh, we They're going to try to scare her into their way of thinking. Well, that's just it. That's exactly right. They're going to make it so that the only way that she can rule is leaning to the left. I mean, she'll try to convince herself she's being impartial, but with all the pressure that she's under right now from all these different uh, leftist elements, she's probably already uh, leaning to the left a bit, you know? Yeah, she, he's not technically, he's not guilty on any account, technic technically speaking and realistically speaking. But all she's got to do is let one or two go through and then yeah. they got him. You know, if I and were casting so, for a, a, a movie and there was a Satan character in it, I would have Jack Smith as uh, I would. I, he looks satanic. The guy looks evil. Even when he came out with a suit and tie on on Friday to deliver a two and a half minute uh, comment to the mm -hmm. press, he looked sinister. And I thought to myself, boy, you know, if you think this isn't a fight between good and evil, you just aren't paying attention well trump said it was the final battle yes uh, uh earlier and you know you've been to church and i've been to church you've all we've all gotten whether you're catholic protestant or whatever right the end days you know and you get uh, we're headed towards armageddon 
You know, and you got to look at what's going on in politics, the news here in the United States. And the world is looking to the United States and what happens here because they, we were the beacon yes. of freedom. Yes. And they're saying that it, it is inbred in us. But yet here we are yes. going Third world. totally away from that. Yep. And then you start reading in the news stuff that's non-political. It's like, is God about ready to go? I, I hope not. But, you know, it's it's interesting. We have told the world that we're, like you said, the beacon, the shining light, the example, the example for the world. We stepped across a line on Friday that cannot be reversed, can't be mm-hmm. reversed. It and, and I heard Jeff Cooney use this example this morning on uh, his Boston Thank talk you, Mr. show. Thank you, Mr. Gunner, for helping yes. us out here. He said, he said it's like walking into the bedroom and seeing your wife sleeping with another man. It's it's like okay, uh, maybe you can you can resolve the issue between you know each other. Maybe you can come back together. Maybe you can heal, but there will always be that scar. That scar is there, and it's there forever. And you never heard the humble Harb story. It's a radio story. You know the story. I I've heard the story, but uh, <laughs> I don't think we need to hear it. Do no, we, we don't need to do it. But no. yeah, walking into the bedroom yeah. and finding your wife cheating. Yeah. On you is- but the point is, I think that uh, that's uh, that's true. I mean, we are we've crossed uh, the Rubicon. We've crossed mm-hmm. a, a river that you can't get back from, and. and uh, which is sad because we are a great and have been a great country. So many good men have fought and died for what we have. And so many evil, despicable, vile people have burrowed their way into our government. And they have, they have taken root and grabbed power. And they have changed the whole makeup of what we are internally. So now... Now we're in a situation that we've got to probably, in the long run, the only way we're going to fix it is Careful by how you say this by etch a sketching it to a certain extent. I'll say etches. You know how the etch a sketch was? You go, you know, you take the you paper had to shake and shake yeah. it to erase everything and start yeah, all over again. Exactly, and uh, uh, that's how. So we got to shake things up. We got to shake things up. But I, look, trust me. Uh, they want you, the left wants you to do irrational things. The left right. wants you to uh, to demonstrate and get violent. The, def- the left wants you to uh, pick up arms and do things that you just shouldn't do because they will then turn it around and say, see, the yeah. right, they're violent, they're anti-American, and they have to be put down. This is not what we are. We well, are Americans. Even if you sit at home and do nothing, you can be well well assured that the left will go out and demonstrate for you in your name. Just so they, they sure can will. Get what they want. Yeah, they, they sure will. And that's what you're going to see maybe today, possibly tomorrow. Definitely uh, on Tuesday. Definitely on yeah. Tuesday. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. In Florida. Uh, oh yeah. I mean they they want two things from from putting that report out on CNN about. The FBI is looking for terrorist group who are on their way to causing trouble uh, with the uh, indictment. Hey, they're doing that for two reasons. They're doing that to say, don't show up. You might be arrested just like January 6th. You know, those people, you know how guilty they were. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, and 
if you do show up, uh, expect to uh, be involved in a riot, probably put together by by the left, wearing MAGA hats. You know, anybody can get the hat. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody you can get can it get online. That. You can go to a rally somewhere and get the hat. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are and Trump they'll be the ones, too. by the way, that'll be wearing masks. You know, the masks so were more in vogue. They were more in vogue two years ago, right? The masks because we were in the middle of a pandemic. But you watch. They'll be, it, they'll be doing That's ex- interesting. Yeah, they'll be the, wearing The mask masks. mandates came along you know, because of the pandemic. Yes. And at a time of protest when, you know, you didn't want to be identified. How convenient. And what they want you to do in New York City right now, by the way, you know, we had that smoke that came through last uh, last week and they had everybody in New York put masks back on. Even inside, wear a mask because, you know, that smoke might hurt you. Well, the smoke has gone away, but they'd like you to continue wearing masks because uh, there's a, a residual effect on uh, from that smoke. They want us back in mass, friends. They want yeah. it. By Not, the way, yes. When you when you use the phone app that sits there and tells you the air quality, my son was going, "Oh, the air quality is good," and I'm going, "No, it's not. I have an air quality monitor here. It is right here. Yeah, and it was measuring in our house." He goes, "Well, this one here, you know, says my phone. Your phone's not reading it. It's coming from a weather station across town where the air may not may be better than it is where you are, or maybe." Yeah. Maybe it's a quality that has just been programmed in. I don't know, but I know what I have in my hand. It's like having a Geiger counter. Yes. I know that I'm in a contaminated area where you're getting your reading from for your phone. I have no clue. So I'm just saying, don't trust anything you see. You know, I went out and mowed my lawn, not all my lawn, but some of my lawn over the weekend. Because our lawn is very dry from all this heat we've had, especially mm-hmm. in, in western Pennsylvania. It's very dry. And the grasp is nice, nice and crispy, and it's not growing in spots, so you don't mow uh, areas where the grass isn't growing. But there were areas shaded and stuff like that, got a little ratty looking, so I went out and mowed it. But what happened is I'm allergic to the darn stuff, especially mm-hmm. when it's dry and it, it, it flakes up. And I, I got to tell you, speaking of pollution, I was, <laughs> I was in miserable shape yesterday, sniffing, sneeze, sneezing, uh, yeah. and I kept thinking. Wait a second, I've mowed the lawn before and haven't been this bad. And I thought, I wonder how the air is. I wonder if the air is actually in a worse condition than we're being told. I mean, is there something well, going on? Well, okay, I'll throw you something. This okay. is purely uh, speculation, uh, yes. Okay. Speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, my niece here locally, she came down with uh, strep throat. Right. Which mm-hmm. then mom got it. And I know a few other people around town in the uh, in the area that have no contact with one another all came down with strep throat. But then in Boston, you know, a lady friend of mine, her son, came down with strep throat. I'm going 350 miles apart. Wow, co- what a coincidence. And they had the smoke too. And then she's got it. And then there are some other people up that way that have got it. Well, the only commonality that I can think of was uh, all the smoke that came in was the smoke. I mean, now I'm not saying it was planned. Well, wait a second. Hold it right there. Did you see any of the aerial photos from the Toronto, the Ontario area? There, I guess there were, I guess there were fires all over Canada. I didn't realize. I thought it was. And they didn't the, get it. No, well, they had some in the wooded areas around Ontario, and they had an aerial photo. I, I guess it was a satellite uh, photo. And it looked at one time, at one time, at the same time, like six different fires in a circle were 
It looked like they were lit. Now, the odds of a fire happening at the same time, I mean... In a, in a, in a planned pattern? Yeah, it's like, wait a second, what is going on? What is it with the with these fires? We have, folks, we have uh, fires that are all of a sudden uh, choking the northwestern, uh, northeastern part of the United States. I mean, actually, from from Cleveland all the way to Boston, Philadelphia. I mean, uh, we had a lot of smoke. Uh, Got down even into uh, the Virginias, down in West Virginia. Virginia, it, it was all over the Northeast. We got hit with smoke. Then and we have boy, what a cover for a pathogen to be released. Oh, and then we have, of course, uh, what happened over the weekend. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. We have uh, a tanker truck blowing up, and by the way, that tanker truck it it billowed pollution into the uh, into the air like you wouldn't believe. It was like mm-hmm. you you can see pictures of it online. And, uh, of course, we lost part of uh, I-95. Not a big deal. It's just like one of the main arteries for, for tr- uh, commerce. 160,000 vehicles oh. come across that, that little span. But there it's nothing to worry about, friends. And let's not talk about it all that much because we have really important stuff to talk about, like uh, this phony indictment. But that's neither here nor there. Well, the detour is going to take months to rebuild it. Absolutely. The detour is going to have to go through the city. What exactly is that detour going to tie up and slow down? Going to tie up uh, traffic to Florida, I'll tell you that much. You say, uh, how? Yeah. Uh, it's Philadelphia. Well, when we, if you're coming down from New York and Boston, where do you think you go? And you're going to Florida, and you're driving, you go down 95. I mean, yeah, there, there so were other roads. Snowbirds but, were the late start. Yeah, you should have gotten gotten on your on the road earlier. Yes, I guess there were other roads. I guess 80, I think 85 you could get on to that goes... But, uh, I mean, it's going to mess things up big time. You know, Carrie Lake has uh, an advisor. Her name is Caroline Wren, and uh, she was on Steve Bannon's show. She talked about the indictment, and she was a little more pessimistic about where we are and what's happening. This is Steve Bannon and Caroline Wren. It's time now to get focused because this is the deep state, the administrative state, coming for people's liberty and freedom. What say you, ma'am? I mean, it's happening right before our eyes. We're watching as our most fundamental rights and values are being systematically dismantled by an unholy alliance of corrupt politicians, a biased media, and a compromised justice system that's conspiring to punish anyone in political dissent. And the deep state foreshadowed its vengeance with Nixon, and it's showing its full rage today with Trump. And to Raheem's point, I mean, this primary is ridiculous. I mean, do we honestly think that if Ron DeSantis or Tim Scott or someone becomes a Republican nominee, that this weaponization of government by the left is just going to go away? I mean, hell no, it's not going to. Uh, Trump says this. He says that they're after me. They're not after me. They're after you. And I'm just in the way. And he is exactly right. The left is at war with us. They want single party rule in this country. And they're winning the war because, frankly, it's not a hard war to win considering the Republicans aren't even showing up to the battlefield. I mean, where the hell is the Republican National Committee? Where the hell are the Republican AGs or Republican prosecutors? I mean, my God, why isn't every Republican member of Congress holding a press conference outside of the White House right now as we speak? It's ridiculous. The Republican Party is spineless and we just roll over constantly. I mean, it's Hillary Clinton was destroying classified documents as the Secretary of State on her personal email server. And you know what happened to her? Absolutely nothing. In fact, the media then investigated the Russia hoax just to cover up for Hillary Clinton's document scandal. So anyone who is not absolutely just enraged right now by what's going on is not paying attention or they're just willing to let their country go. And Carrie Lake said last night that she's going to go to Miami on Tuesday. I don't know about you guys. 
Georgia, where, you know, the next, this is just the beginning. The next indictment's going to come down from D.C. That's the big kahuna. That one's going to come in a month, followed by the Georgia indictment. And we all need to get prepared and stand up right now. We cannot be wasting our time, resources, and, you know, precious money on some ridiculous primary fight when the President Trump is up by 40 points and the Democratic Party and the media are conspiring to take him down in every single way possible. And so right now is the heat of the fight, and everyone should come to Miami on Tuesday. Your, by the way, we'll be there. What, what is your what is your advice uh, to the RNC, ma'am? Get, get into the fight. Recognize that this is a war that's going on right now. We, we, the Republican Party is meant to lead people right now, and I don't feel like there's any leadership. Even here, I'm at the Georgia Republican Convention where they're going to have a big uh, elections on Saturday, and I was talking to so many people last night with Gary, too, who just said, we feel lost. We don't have any direction. We're watching our elections get stolen right in front of us. She seems surprised that the Republicans aren't coming to uh, the, the the aid of President well, Trump. Why? Well, well, here's why. Well, it, it's it's because Trump is going after the deep state, and the deep state isn't just the Democratic Party. Exactly, There's a large faction of the Republican Party are deep staters too. They both they both uh, eat from the same trough. So mm-hmm. when he gets after, when he goes after the deep state, he's going after the bad guys on the right too. So don't expect them to come racing to his aid because it just isn't to their benefit. Well, you know? yeah, she was saying they want a one party rule. Technically, they already have it. You know, these these people are just they're they're wolves in sheep clothing saying they're Republicans and they're not. What the Republican Party has to do we don't need the RNC to engage. We need a new RNC. So maybe we need to form a, 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 par, a party that's called the NRNC and vet everybody that comes across. Well, maybe he's already started it. You know, he, what's MAGA, M-A-G-A, the MAGA party? I mean, it uh, can be. It, it doesn't matter. We need to, you know, look, we need to dump both the RNC and the DNC because they are corrupt NC. Awful. You know? Awful. Yeah, it's awful. It, I mean, it is one party. It is it is controlled by the deep state. Yep. And we talked about it over the weekend. Who is the who is the deep state? I mean, you know, we talked about DC is incorporated. So, you know, we elect a president, we elect people to Congress and everything. That is all a sham when you have a corporation that owns the government and runs the government means that somebody else is actually the head. A of lot of people nation. don't understand who aren't paying attention. A lot of people don't understand what you're talking about, about the district of Columbia, but it's not a state. It's, it's not a state. It should be a state, but it's not it's a corporation. Right. As is the city of London. Yeah. In and England. That, that means a corporation. If you've ever, formed a corporation or an LLC, you appoint somebody in charge of it. They're not elected. 
They're there, you know, forever. I should point out when I say the city of London, I don't mean the entire geographic city of London. There's an area in London called the city of London where the finance uh, buildings are and the, you know, uh, where the, uh, uh, the, the, the seats the of power are, you know? Yeah. And, um, so we're, we're, uh, we're not being run by the people that you being, you would think would being run by. I mean, the it's federal show, look at the federal reserve, right? I, I point this out again. A lot of people don't realize this, the federal reserve. What do you think? You think the federal reserve is run by the federal government? No, the federal reserve is a private bank. Private banks set up by a bunch of billionaires, uh, Rockefeller, Getty, uh, the Rothschild family. They met literally on an island off the coast of Georgia back about 1912 or something like that. And they came up with this Federal Reserve, a way for them to protect their money and to uh, run the finances of, of the entire country right from one nice little spot and to have control over it. And I could go into detail, but we haven't got time for that right now. You know, I don't no. want—I don't want to be uh, negative. And the whole show is so so much depressing stuff because it's happening in our in our country right now. Uh, I do think tomorrow is going to be an interesting day. I, I think am, Wednesday is going to be the real day. Tomorrow's got to develop all the way through the day. Well, to, I think it's going to start tonight. It'll and, be three o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and I'm afraid. That something bad is going to happen because that's when the that's when the arraignment is Tuesday at three o'clock in Miami. And if you have thousands of people down there, you can be you can be assured that some of them we will might be bad. come on and with a report afterwards, or hell, yeah. we might chance it and go live. You never know. Yep. Um, uh, because it, it is important uh, what's going on. But I wanted to point out that uh, there is good things happening in our country. Uh, you won't hear about them on CNN or MSNBC or any of those places, or even Fox for that matter, because Fox has proven itself to be a a, a big disappointment. But um, this is from the this is a sports item. I wanted to, to read this to All you. Right, go ahead. Uh, the Oklahoma Sooners women's softball team. Uh, with an incredible message after their historic season and World Series win. What they did, i got to read this to you. On May 27th, the Oklahoma women's uh, softball team then tied with the uh, 1996-97 Arizona Wildcats for the most consecutive wins at 47. They were down 7-4 to four in the seventh inning. 7-4, to four, seventh inning. Uh, Kinsey Hansen was at the plate facing an 0-2 count. That's right. She had two strikes on her. There were two outs. It was on the line. Uh, she was one strike away from a streak-ending loss. They were they were going to lose that 47 games in a row, right? Hansen belted a three-run home run to send the game into extra innings. The uh, Sooners fought back and won the ninth in the ninth inning uh, by a score of 8-7, to seven, to advance to the Women's College World Series for the seventh straight time. What an amazing... Now, they went on and won that World Series. So they sit them down, the team, right, the, the players at this press conference, and, you know, the, the media, sports people, all they want to know is, you know, how did you do? How did you feel? I, did you know you have it? I want you to hear 
their answers. It's about two minutes and 30 seconds long, but you got to hear this. Listen. We'll get a back row left. Alex Scarborough with ESPN for, for the players. I know you talked about keeping the joy of the game, but I'm curious. It's a long season, right? And you guys have had the target on your back the entire time, the win streak being number one. How do you handle the unique pressure that comes with that? How do you keep the joy for so long when anxiety seems like a thing that can very easily set in? Well, the only way that you can have a joy that doesn't fade away is from the Lord. And any other type of joy is actually happiness that comes from circumstances and outcomes. And um, I think Coach has said this before, but joy from the Lord is really the only thing that can keep you motivated, um, uh, just in a good mindset, uh, no matter the outcomes. Thankfully, we've had a lot of success this year, but if it was the other way around, uh, joy from the Lord is the only thing that can keep you embracing those memories, moments, friendships, and all of that. So uh, I would, that's really the only the only answer to that because there's no other way that softball can bring you that um, because of how much failure comes in it and just how much of a roller coaster the game can be. 1,000% agree with Grace Lyons. Um, I went through that my freshman year. I'd I was so happy to win the college. I've talked about this before, but I was just so happy that we won the College World Series, but I didn't feel joy. I didn't have, I didn't know what to do the next day. I didn't know what to do for that following week. I didn't feel filled, and I had to find Christ in that. And I think that is what makes our team so strong is that we're not afraid to lose because if it's not the end of the world if we do lose. Yes, obviously, we've worked our butts off to be here, and we want to win, but it's not the end of the world because our life is in Christ, and that's all that matters. Yeah, um, I think a huge thing that we've really just latched onto is eyes up. And you guys see us doing this and pointing up, but we're really like fixing our eyes on Christ. And that's something where, like they were saying, you can't find a fulfillment in an outcome, whether it's good or bad. And um, I think that's why we're so steady in what we do and, and our love for each other and our love for the game, because we know this game is giving us the opportunity to glorify God. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think once we figured that out and that was our purpose and everyone was all in with that, um, it's really changed so much for us. And I mean, I know myself, I, I've seen so much of a growth in myself with um, once I turned to Jesus and I realized how he had changed my outlook on life, not just softball, but understanding how much I have to live for. And that's living to exemplify the kingdom. And I think that brings so much freedom. And I'm sure everyone's story is similar, but we all have those great testimonies that have really like shown how awesome it is to play for something bigger. Um, and I think that's just what brings me so much joy. And no matter the outcome, whether we get a trophy in the end or not, we're, this isn't our home. And I think that's what's amazing about it is we have so much more. We have an eternity of joy with our father. And I'm so excited about that. And yes, I live in the moment, but I know this isn't my home. And um, no matter what, my sisters in Christ will be there with me in the end um, when we're with our, our king. So. Wow. These are a bunch of young 20, 21-year-old women. These are contemporary young athletes, and these are people who are grounded and have values and have purpose. And uh, it is right. so it is so encouraging to hear the youth talk like that. I mean, even if— It you, is. Yeah, these people are talking about uh, having faith in the Lord— that the game isn't everything. The most important thing is, is uh, uh, you know, a belief in God, belief in, in something bigger than them. And uh, Well, they found something very special. A lot of people in, in throughout time, I've seen it happen a few times, people swing towards the Lord and, uh, and things go well. It, it, but, you know, in life, it just seems that we know the teachings, we know everything, but we think we know better. 
and we have to sink to the bottom before we reach up, take his hand, and then can climb to our pinnacle in life. You know, so good for them. I mean, yep. and you know, and it's I wanna, a lesson. I want to tell you something. Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, Donald Trump believes in God. He believes that God is on his side and that we're doing this for God and country right now. What he's going through is for God and country. The yeah. other side might, I dare say, they have no belief in God. They're doing it for themselves. They are, for the most part, these are faithless people who are running our country, including Joe Robinette Biden. I mean, look at it. He's allowed his son, his own son, to 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 sink into the depths of of uh, drug of iniquity, drug problems. You know, and and you know, I've said this before. Instead of grabbing his son and saying, "No, no, no, I'm not running for the presidency. I'm running for uh, a rehab center for you, and we're going to be by your side." And our goal right now, for the rest of my life, is to make sure that I can rescue my son. That's what he should be, should have been doing. But no. That's not how he thinks because he's a selfish, selfish guy. And uh, we could go on and on, Bill. But uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. Tomorrow, it's going to be a crazy day, I'm afraid. Yeah, it is. A couple of lightweight stories today. Bezos, you know, he's renting a home. You know, he's worth, uh, what is it, $150 billion? Uh, He's paying money to Kenny G. You remember him? He was what? the the, Yeah, the uh, musician. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he's uh, renting his Malibu home for six hundred thousand dollars a month. Sure. Why not? It's a it's chump it's a so, chump change. You know. <laughs> yeah, Kenny, you forget about the uh, yeah. the music business. Oh, you got yeah. a six hundred k a month home. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then uh, let's see a couple of other weird stories uh, that are in the news. I do find it interesting. Two super volcanoes that can sit there and wreak havoc on the world are threatening to erupt. Uh, then you got in uh, Japan. Of course. They had, yes. they had an eruption. Uh-huh. It's going on right now. Japan got hit yesterday with a 6.2 magnitude earthquake. And then I find this story interesting. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk hired a guy to uh, be their, um, their software engineer for SpaceX. He's 14 years old. <laughs> a child prodigy. I, you know, I think it's kind of cool. I love you know, it. That, I love yeah. it. You know, and so Musk would fort- do. And Musk would do that. You find some genius kid somewhere who is thinking way out of the box and way ahead of everybody else. And, he and everyone's fe- going. It's going to warp the kid's childhood. And kids going. No, nope. I'm happy as can be, man. I'm doing. Who, who else would get a dream job? Fourteen years old. Exactly. No telling what it pays. I mean, I was this like, kid- I, I, I'd do it if I were him. I mean, fourteen. Wow. Uh, anyway, uh, we've done it, my friend. Another show in the can. Tomorrow, we will do it again. Hopefully, tomorrow will be uh, a better day than I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a difficult day for the country. Uh, but with the grace of God, we'll get through it. We've gotten through some bad days in the past, haven't we? Well, one thing for certain. If it's not one thing, it's another day. It certainly is. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> hey, I couldn't have said it better. Bye, my friend. <laughs> See ya. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From Acceleration.com. 
It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about It's Another Day. Com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>